Hey there, listener. Fancy seeing you here. Look, sometimes due to the things we discuss on the pod, it might contain potentially triggering content. But the good news is you can always review the episode description for a full list of the warnings applicable to this episode. Oh, and just so you know, this episode is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content. So if you're an adult, buckle up, gird your loins, and prepare to flood the basement, because we are going down with these ships. Welcome back to Care of Magical Shippers. It's a Harry Potter ship culture podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm so not Megs. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this week we have no Megs because Megs is doing house renovations, as we told you in advance. But in Megs' place is the wonderful Fee, Mm. who you've heard before. You were on the Hagrid episode. Yes. Hi, Fee. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for having me How are you? I am Oh, I'm so, I am so glad you're back. We're already talking over each other. This yeah. is so professional. <laughs> it's not that I want to talk over Fee. It's just that there's like a tiny little delay or lag or something on my end. So it's like there's... I'm hearing silence when there is no silence and so on and so forth. We'll make it work. It'll be fine. It's fine. We are a professional podcast. Yes. Yes. Fee. Hi. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad it's not just going to be an hour and a half of me talking to myself because that would not be fun. Uh, <laughs> and I'm so glad that you ha- love me enough that you are willing to be like, hey, I'll come and do this with you. Totally. So I... Honestly, this hour and a half is going to fly by. Um, While I am here and doing the intro thing, I don't normally go on this long because Megs does all this. So while I'm here and doing this thing, I should probably tell you, dear listener, what it is that you're going to be listening to. Although, of course, you've clicked on this episode and it will have a title. So you know what you're listening to, but I still have to introduce (laughs) it. So this week, we are going to be talking... AUs and or tropes. It's a very open week. I'm very excited because there's a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it with you. Mm-hmm. We even have, um, f- for the benefit of our listeners, I'll, I'll just explain. <laughs> we never normally do notes for the episode, but we're so prepared this week. We're so on it that we have notes in a little side document that I'm looking at right now and I'm feeling very very fired up and ready to go so how are you feeling like are you excited yes I am excited mostly because like you and me we're good we're good (laughs) I have no worries about us getting on um and I'm glad that we're talking about this because I I've said before I don't have a lot of canon knowledge I don't I'm not very confident Mm. in my uh I don't know, Harry Potter stuff, because AUs are where I live, and, and I prefer fanon over canon, and so I'm really glad that you could find something that I could talk about with you. That is of co- great. 
Of course, of course. And so I suppose, like, the first question that springs to my mind is, like, what got you into, first, first of all, to, like, Harry Potter stuff, Harry Potter mm-hmm. fan fiction, but then also, like, what then, once you got there, you were like, hmm, AU stuff, you know, this is really floating my boat. Sure. Also, I don't... <laughs> Did we say yet what AU stands for? <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that our listeners will know what AU means, but for Great. the benefit of the, the few of you who don't, it does stand for alternate universe. There we so go. So something that, that takes place outside of the typical magical wizarding world, and that can have various mm-hmm. permutations. Do you want to discuss some of them? Like some of your favourites? Um... I'll answer your first question about like how I got into them and then we'll yeah. pivot there. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Go on. <laughs> okay. Um, I, my fandom history is like cut into chunks. When I was a teenager, sure. I did a little bit of fandom, whatever. No AUs on the radar. I was just Cardcaptor Sakura. That was all, all what I was about. And I did read okay. a little bit of Harry Potter back in the day. I remember I read a Harry Potter Mpreg at the tender age of like 11 or whatever. And I was like, oh, wow. okay. <laughs> Mpreg was your introduction? That is, that is going ham. I like, think it was mostly like, people are, what? People are shipping Draco and Harry? Is that allowed? Can you do that? <laughs> and so <laughs> I read some and I was like, okay, yeah, we can. <laughs> Nice. So, yes. Nice. I love that. It, I love that it was Drarry. I love mm-hmm. that it was because it seems to be that like that's one of the like the go-to or startup pairs. Mm. And I suppose you know we we've kind of talked about this on the pod before. It's because there's so much tension and antipathy there, and there's yeah. just so much you can build on. But like, tell me like about not just like your early Mpreg adventures, but then mm. how that how we get from there to a lot of the stuff that I know you love now. Oh, I can't wait to get into it. Yes. So I did, that was my early, my early days as a wee lass. And then I, uh, as an adult, like maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when Sherlock came out, I was like, okay, I need, I need to find some more fan fiction. And that, that was where I found AO3. And I was like, oh, there's a whole growing, thriving community of this stuff. I'm here for it. And so I read Sherlock fan fiction pretty much nonstop for like two or three years. Nice. And then, <laughs> then I took another break and I was like, okay, this this habit is done. I'm ready to move on to the next thing. And then I got into it again for another fandom. Miraculous Ladybug, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but then that... Uh, trend never stopped. Like I, I'm still riding high on the wave of like enjoying fan created content. So I read all this like miraculous ladybug stuff, and then I was like, well, this is my habit now. I'm into like reading fan fiction, and I need something else to read. Uh, what else is there? And instead of going to different fandoms that I was into, I would, I was sorted by tags. I was like a tag hopper. So I would read a story that was like, oh, this one has um, a meat cute. And I'm like, oh, meat cute. Yeah, let's do another meat cute. Or, nice. or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I like coffee shop I use. Let's do another one. This is, this could be fun. I and love so, it. <laughs> so I started, um, so I would just click through these tags that I thought were interesting. Like, yeah, that's something I would want to read about. And 
Um, if you sort by kudos, the top fandoms, like there's a millions and jillions of fandoms, but whatever comes to the top is what I would read. And it got to the point where like, okay, I keep seeing Teen Wolf come up and I have no prior knowledge of Teen Wolf, but this says it's an AU. And if it's an alternate universe, then I don't need any canon knowledge and I can just jump right in. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, you can. And it'll tell me everything I need to know about these characters because it's a great reviewed fanfic. And yeah, I'll dive right in. So that's how I became like this fandom hopper. Like I, I am into a ton of different fandoms because I just love following trope holes. Um, and I know... <laughs> Sorry, I just need a tag for trope holes. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say because I didn't want to interrupt your flow, but I was on exactly <laughs> the same page. Yeah. So thank you for... Uh, yeah, we don't normally do hashtags in our episodes. Maybe mm. something we should introduce. Hashtag trope holes. <laughs> sure. Um, so, so that's really how I got into it. And, you know, Harry Potter is a huge fandom. There's a ton of stuff. So I mm-hmm. kind of fell back into reading more Harry Potter um, just because it, it kept coming up in my searches. So I'm like, okay, we're doing this, I guess. And because there's also a thriving fandom community around the Harry Potter fandom. Yeah. It was like, okay, yeah, I'll stick around here for a while. That's cool. I'll, I'll dabble in and out of my other fandoms that I enjoy. You know, The Witcher, or a little bit of Hannibal. But, nice, you know. nice. Yes, I, I, I'm definitely like, I'm, I'm just sort of nodding along and approving of the choices. But for any listeners that might be curious, I also, in terms of Sherlock, really ship uh, Mycroft and Moriarty. I just think that they're, they're meant to be together. <laughs> and uh, that is... All I have to say about the subject on this podcast, because that's always appropriate. <laughs> but like <laughs> But like it's very hard for me to rein it in right now, and I just need you to know how much like willpower and self-control it's taking mm. to not you know spiral the episode into one giant vortex of okay, sure. I'm gonna talk about Sherlock for an hour and a half now. Um <laughs> I applaud your restraint, Nathan. Good job. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for recognising that I'm making good choices. I really yeah. appreciate this and I need it. <laughs> um, but so it's it's interesting to me because your introduction to fan fiction and the way you read is mm-hmm. so opposite to the way I was introduced to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up with the books. I came up through canon. I thought canon was like this thing that was sort of holy and shouldn't be touched for ages Mm. and I had a sort of a an early snobbery about fan fiction because I'd only ever read the really early stuff and I I hadn't really I I hadn't really engaged with the community very much at that point and so my perception of it was very narrow and then ever since you know I discovered podcasts and I discovered the community my my worldview on it has just totally opened up and I was like I didn't even know this whole spectrum of color existed and mm-hmm. then and then we became fanfic buddies and I sort of feel like when we talk about what we like to read mm-hmm. there's so much overlap in the Venn diagram of like oh, you like this too oh my god I never <laughs> even knew it was a thing and we just geek out about it so the fact that you can have such different I guess, introductions to something, but still end up on a very similar wavelength Mm -hmm. gives me hope because surely that's what community is all about on a broader level, as well as it just being fun on a fanfic level. For sure. 
<laughs> yeah. And like, I guess from my point of view and from like, just as what's interesting for me to ask you mm-hmm. is like, what, what excites you about like, what is, are there any tags that you would particularly look for and go, I haven't read one of those in a while. Like <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna read There Was Only One Bed or I'm gonna yeah. read, you know, um, the forced proximity stuff. Like yeah. what, which, is it just that different moods like overtake you or do you have certain tropes that you're like, oh my God, yes. Mm, mm, good question. Um, yes, I think I definitely get into, <laughs> I crawl back into that trope hole. <laughs> but I'll, I'll do this horrible thing um, where I will open up a tag that I'm into and I'll sort it by whatever I want to sort it by. Or maybe I'll, I'll filter out whatever fandoms I haven't yet crawled into. Um, and then I will curate my enormous, unwieldy, uh, impossible to manage March for later list. Um, And like, this is how I get 98 tabs open on my phone. I'll just keep opening. Oh, this looks good. Let's, but I'm not going to read it now. I'll hang on to it for later. Keep keep opening more. uh, Oh yeah. That one looks good too. Yeah. Let's, let's keep that one on deck for whenever I feel like it. So honestly, my bedtime routine is I open up my phone. I scroll around my enormous groups of tabs and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's this, let's do this one. That's fine. So it's a problem. I recognize that I have a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, she's a connoisseur. <laughs> no, I'm a hoarder is the thing. <laughs> and I'm definitely like mental enough to have scraped all the data from my March for Later, like, you know, 80 some pages worth of March for Later and put it all into a spreadsheet that I can short sort because AO3 doesn't have that technology yet. But uh, if you're dedicated enough and extra enough, you can do it yourself. <laughs> nice. I, I love that level of dedication. Do you know, yeah. but that just proves that you're passionate about it. That isn't, <laughs> that's not weird to me. That's just passion directed in a very specific direction. That's very generous of you to say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do, well, you know, but I get that way about things that I enjoy myself. We, you know, mm-hmm. we've talked about this stuff. Um, I suppose, like, in terms of passion being directed in very specific directions, mm-hmm. is is there anything particularly, I suppose, Harry Potter related that mm. you that you came across trope-wise or AU-wise or wherever it happens to be, and before you read it, you weren't expecting, you, you were like, hmm, maybe, but then something, like, caught your eye or surprised you, and then that took you down there. Um, oh. a rabbit hole. Sure. Um, well, I, I think the thing, the I was going to say the magic, but like Harry Potter, har, 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 let's not. <laughs> Sorry. The wonderful oh, thing. Just insert magic sound effect here, Megs. <laughs> Whoosh. <laughs> so the, the really cool thing about the Harry Potter fandom is there's like a built-in AU that, that we sort by. Epilogue. What epilogue? It's, it's yeah. all over the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because the canon books, if you disregard the epilogue and subsequent uh, stuff, if the books end at the graduation of Hogwarts after the Battle of Hogwarts, then they're done. Then you have their whole lives to play around with fan fiction wise. Mm -hmm. So you can give them different careers or different pairings or different interests or locations or whatever. And it all like vaguely fits into canon without being an extreme AU like. There's not a lot of yeah. like muggle AUs or people don't have magic AUs in the Harry Potter world because there's such a rich place to explore already. Yeah. 
Well, well, I mean, you say that, but people do sort of forget that magic exists in fic. I don't mean in an official way that they're like, mm. oh, magic doesn't exist in this universe. I just mean that, like, if there's a muggle way to do something, because we are all in that world and yeah. that's the headspace we occupy, when we're pl sometimes, and I've done this myself, when you transplant characters into that context who mm -hmm. have magic, you forget that they can use their wands for stuff. Um, the... Also, though, the opposite of this is mm -hmm. true. Whenever there's, like, smut and you're reading, a, like, a steamy scene between whoever it happens to be, and then suddenly their clothes will just be vanished. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, and the lube will magically appear. So yeah. there, are, there are two sides to this coin. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I, I guess, I, you know, I'm here for both of them because ultimately my headspace with this now is i want to support writers to write whatever it is that they want to write and mm -hmm. that can take many weird and wonderful forms and shapes and whatever but i guess um what i like one of the reasons i'm most excited to be talking to you about this is because you have so many wonderful you because you've read so much fic you've so many wonderful ideas about like what good tropes are what you really like <laughs> and so i kind of i just want to let you get enthusiastic about what you care about <laughs> sorry <laughs> didn't mean to be that loud sure um oh let's just go through the hits then um so the weird thing so there's like au's which is which is in and of itself a kind of trope, and a trope is just something that happens, and you see it all the time. Um, and the weird, mm -hmm. cool, magical thing about fan fiction is that <laughs> because oftentimes we're reading each other's work and we're yeah. like building this community together, if someone comes across something that they resonate with, they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna write that too." So like maybe ten years ago, you wouldn't see a lot of like camboy fix or only fans yeah. fix as yes. a trope. but nowadays they are coming in and i really love it <laughs> they're some of my favorites just i don't know they used to just be like rent boy or prostitution fix or escort fix or whatever and now it's like well now we have another little another variety another different place to explore this fun uh pay for sex exactly <laughs> exactly sex work is real work and we support yeah. the characters in all their endeavors <laughs> indeed we do so that's one of my <laughs> that's one of my faves oh some of my faves don't translate well to the harry potter world because of the magic and the muggleness of it like wrong right. number au's are some of my favorites oh, i don't know yeah. why um but they're just delicious and delightful and it's just that formula of like you you meet a stranger and you have no context for their for who they are or what they are but just talking to them via text is enough for you to be interested in continuing with that relationship sure. or whatever yeah so it's it's fascinating and i i really like it i've read some good ones sadly ao <laughs> sadly ao3 doesn't have wrong number au's as a sortable tag so i just have to go digging for them myself but it's still someday someday it's fun for now well you never know maybe at some point in the future it's one of the lovely members of the team from ao3 maybe listening to the episode of this podcast yeah. go, hmm, that might be a really cool tag <laughs> or may or maybe one of our lovely listeners will write to ao3 and go do you know what would be a really cool tag to add because i heard about it on this podcast mm -hmm. here are some really cool ideas and then you won't have to go man digging for them because i'm sure the stories are 
great. Mm-hmm. But while, while you were talking about it, I was sort of thinking, like, what would the magical equivalent of a wrong number AU be? And I have to th- like, there has to be some sort of fic that somebody's written where they apparate to the wrong house. Oh. Because I was... Because I, I was always thinking about, like, apparition etiquette. There's nothing to say that you couldn't just apparate into somebody else's living room mm. if you really wanted to. And I'm sure... And they, there are, like, anti-apparition wards or whatever yes. around Hogwarts just because that's necessary because there mm-hmm. are children in those wards. Oh, but, but like... like... <laughs> If you're at a hotel or something and you go into the wrong room, it would be the same thing if you apparated into the <laughs> into the wrong space or like that. Tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah, because I no, but I was just thinking like for adult wizards who live in ordinary wizarding households, there's nothing to say you couldn't just apparate into somebody else's living room. And even like Dumbledore and Harry bring it up at one point. They they have this talk. I think it's in book six, and. Um, that Dumbledore's looking for Slughorn and Harry says, well, why can't we just apparate directly there? And um, he goes, well, we don't do that because it would be quite as rude as kicking down the front door or something. Mm -hmm. So even though it's frowned upon, it is technically doable. And Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if if a natural extension of a wrong number AU is where a wizard just apparates into the wrong house accidentally. Because there's like terraced houses, like, and especially in the dark, you're not necessarily going to know if a wizard's coming home drunk and they apparate, then, like, they could accidentally end up in the wrong house. I'm sure that would happen. And I feel like someone is bound to have written that. Listeners, if you're hearing my voice right now and you know the fic within which this happens or you want to write one, either way, uh, send that to me at careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com and uh, I will be eternally grateful to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we, we were talking about wrong number fic and I got sidetracked. There <laughs> You're fine. So, sure, yeah. But some of the other, like, popular tropes of choice that I'm into, um, fake dating is adorable and wonderful. And, like, the inevitability of there being feels is <laughs> it's just yummy. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I love that, and I wasn't introduced to it until fairly recently. Mm. Um, so I was I just wasn't aware that it was a trope. There was a it was just a fic that I read that mm-hmm. I was like I'm really enjoying this, and then after that I discovered that fake dating was a thing. And yeah, that yeah. Have been doing this for years, and I was just late to the party, but mm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as a newbie, and uh, yeah, like you say, the inevitability of of feels the idea that. Um, what I think there's actual canon to support this as well though Mm. because otherwise people wouldn't have individual Patronuses um, and they're supposed to be like a reflection of who you are as a person so just like reflections like that can be manifest externally in the form of Patronuses Mm -hmm. I feel like feelings are a very real magical thing in the wizarding world and the fact that someone has thought of that and thought to write fake dating over the top of it just makes my little (laughs) heart very happy I'm happy for your little happy heart One of the biggest AUs of the in the Harry Potter world that we didn't talk about is like that everybody lives. Everybody lives AU. It's like yeah, who? Nobody needs to die. Just just keep them alive. Keep them coming. You know, Sirius, Remus. Yeah, they deserve a, ha- a happily ever after. Let them have it. Yes. Yeah, I love that. 
Exactly. But you've the way I see it is you've built up a relationship with these characters over a period of seven books, however many movies, mm. so much fan fiction, so many supplementary materials. You know, you you're invested and you care about them and you know, it's not silly to want them to live. And if you happen to be of the disposition and the opinion that they didn't deserve to die, then why wouldn't you resurrect them and just be like, yeah, that yeah. didn't happen. I'm just going to retcon yeah, that because exactly. I can. That's the magic of being... Oh, sorry, I said it again. <laughs> That's the wonderful part of being a, a fandom creator is we get to do what we, what we want and nobody can tell us like, no, you're not allowed to do that. That's, that's bad. No, I get to decide. Thanks. <laughs> so... Um, I'm going to admit something very embarrassing on this podcast mm. right now, but it feels like the right moment to I'm do ready. it because it's relevant to what we're talking about. So, so at, very, very shortly after the release of Half-Blood Prince, I think I read the book in a day. Um, and uh, for those of you that don't already know, Dumbledore has always been my favourite character, one of my favourites. And of course, that's the book in which Dumbledore <laughs> dies. Spoiler alert, in case you didn't already know. But like, sorry, sorry if you didn't. But yeah, he he um, he dies at the end of the book. And I was very, very upset. Like, I still can't... Uh, so I listen to the audiobooks as well. And I still can't listen to the chapter where he dies without getting misty-eyed. Because I care mm. so much about that character. I'm so invested. And so whenever... Um, that book came out and I, I was feeling my feelings about it. There used to be a website, um, you might be able to find it on Internet Archive called DumbledoreIsNotDead.com, which was very, which was very thoroughly um, using canon research to put forward the idea that Dumbledore didn't really mm. die at the top of the astronomy tower because of things like the different effect that the killing curse had. You know, it blasted him back over the ramparts. Um, it was a, you know, it wasn't just a jet mm -hmm. of green light and then he fell down like we see in so many other instances. And all of these other little snippets of yeah. evidence were attempting to prove that his death wasn't the real deal. And then um, a couple of months or so afterwards, J.K. Rowling must have got wind of this and replied, like, sorry, no, yeah, he is actually dead. And then um, when I read that <laughs> response, I, like, heartbroken me, however old I was at the time, I actually wrote a letter to J.K. Rowling um, asking her to, like, Re rethink the decision because I cared that much about the character and please could he not be dead thanks mm -hmm. very much okay thanks bye um, and uh, yeah I never got a reply because I guess it wasn't a very <laughs> and she gets a lot of correspondence and very, it's a very, very generous famous. read yeah, so I'm not better about that whatsoever but the, the yes. point what, the point was the whole point of telling this story aside from the fact that it's a, maybe a little smidge embarrassing is that I've been very keyed in to this idea of Mm -hmm. everybody lives for a while it's just been channeled through very specific lenses so that whole scene at the end of Deathly Hallows where Harry is talking to Dumbledore's portrait I was all about it because I was like yes this is a way Dumbledore can be back in the in the books I was all about you know more Dumbledore um, especially when we were finding out about his backstory and about his life so I guess what I'm telling myself as I'm telling you out loud, is that I've always sort of had a fan mm -hmm. fiction mindset about these things, even if sure. I wasn't reading fan fiction at the time. And um, 
and I've waffled on for quite long enough about that. No, it's fine. I need to I need to address this. Um because like Okay. Uh pa- mm. fan fiction exists because we want more from a story. We want we want more of it. We we enjoy it so much. And after an author writes and produces something or after a TV show is made or after a movie is whatever. Like it belongs to the audience. It, we get to decide what to do with it. We get to decide if this is mm. a good story or a bad story or if it's not for me or it is for me. And everyone gets to decide what's important for them. And like maybe I am biased about this. I don't care what JK Rowling says if she says yeah no he's he needs to stay dead like no i get to yeah. write fan fiction where he lives i get to decide that and again partly is this just because i think jk rowling is a trash human being now but we don't need to discuss that um but like we get to decide what to do with the characters that she's given us because that's part of what like writing a book and putting it into the world is you you only have so much control over it honey uh i subscribe to john green's theory which is that books belong to their readers and yeah. Once you put something out into the world, then it's for us to enjoy as we want to. And for some readers, that means saying this is a terrible book and I'm not going to read it. And for some people, it means creating a whole world of fan fiction about it. If you don't like it, you don't have to read it. But we still have, there's nothing wrong with us doing that. Nobody is right or wrong because we get to decide. We're the audience and we get to decide what's worth reading and writing and creating more about and what's not. Yeah, exactly. And I think you you touched on it earlier, but I want to sort of circle back to it because it's important to me to um, make this clear, is that there is a large section of the community that has felt alienated, justifiably, I think, by some of the Mm -hmm. more recent, let's charitably call them, political tweets of J.K. Rowling's, Mm -hmm. um, where the language has been very charged and very one-sided and very very it runs very contrary to some of the things that were expressed in the books which makes me suspicious of it in and of itself because i'm thinking Mm. of that scene in book four where hagrid is upset because rita runs the piece about him being half giant um and he's crying in the cabin and dumbledore says something to him like you know you could wait in this cabin for universal approval but that's not you know you're never going to get that it's never going to happen um, and I think that there's something, there's a very powerful message in that, which is that if you believe something to be right for you and you are doing the best job you can for you, then who is anybody else an authority on telling you how to live your life? You know, if you're not causing harm or loss to anybody else, you know, what right does anyone else have to um, come in and decide that, you know, let's say for the yeah. sake of argument that trans people aren't real people. Obviously, this isn't a philosophy I espouse, but like, just for this, just just for the, you know, for the sake of, of putting that out there, who is anybody to say that with any degree of authority? Are they speaking from experience? No, you know? And, and so yeah. one of the reasons that I am so glad that fan fiction exists is because it allows us to create that space where everyone feels loved and seen and safe and heard and we all get to create and play within that, I guess. No, and like to tie it back into our whole episode, like one of my favorite like, hey, we did it (laughs) kind of things is when you you turn straight characters gay, when you turn uh, cis characters trans, when you take 
characters and decide, you know what? Uh, F you, JK. I'm going to make everyone gay. Yes. <laughs> All wizards are gay. Fact. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. It's just, it's we're allowed to do that. And we can. And I, I feel like I need to shout out, like, there's a whole magical trans community in on Tumblr. And in, there's a Discord where people are like, you know what? We get to have this. I know that the source material is is what it is and the originator is who she is but like we we don't have to care about what she says because this is important to us and we're going to continue enjoying it regardless of yeah she who must not be named yeah. <laughs> you know the the more the more time goes on the the more and more overlap between there is that the, there is between her and somebody like Umbridge um I know and that's scary <laughs> It's scary. It is. I mean, <laughs> I honestly think she should end some of her tweets with, there'll be no need to think. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I think, uh, sadly, not sadly, I've, I've definitely been involved in some spaces <laughs> where we have done that exact thing, where uh, the, the, the way we treat Umbridge is like a f- wish fulfillment for what we would be like. Oh yeah, that's that's the kind of person that sh- that J.K. Rowling is. We can just ignore everything that she says because it's rude and unkind and uncharitable and unhuman to to be so. Huh, I know. I decree it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get out of here. No, you don't. <laughs> Exactly. Anyway. And the, like, a huge point of the books, a huge moral point of the books is to be anti-authoritarian and to resist mm. authoritarianism wherever that comes from. You know, whether it's through Umbridge or through Voldemort or through the Death Eaters or through Lucius Malfoy or whoever it happens mm. to be. You know, authoritarianism isn't looked on kindly in the books. Yet, the a lot of the recent stuff that's that's sort of come from the author feels prescriptive to the point of it excludes everybody else and that was never what the wizarding world to me at least was about and again and that's one of the things that i love that you said that you pick up on is that you you know that's what makes fan fiction magical is that it is this place that we all get Mm -hmm. to belong we all get to play and um I, you know, I've, I've, yeah, that's the, I've waffled on enough about that now. But no. um, it's important because I feel like people's feelings are real and they deserve to yeah. be heard and seen and loved. That is just a fundamental tenet of any good community. And I'm so glad fan fiction can bring people together like that. Like, fan fiction created this podcast fan fiction created the discord that we have fan fiction brought us together no that's what i was gonna say (laughs) so i I am i'm just so glad like it can all seem a bit like affected and wishy-washy but it's when it's actually having tangible real results making real friendships happen that's not nothing that is everything and i yeah i could just talk about that for the remainder of the time i'm not going to we have a lot of we have a lot of au stuff to cover there's still so much to talk about but yes let's um sashay on to (laughs) something else (laughs) on to something else like coffee coffee shop AUs. let's talk about that for a while (laughs) i love coffee talk to me about that 
Uh, it's just an example, you know, I don't know why it became a thing. I don't know enough about fandom history to even say where these tropes came from. Like the coffee shop AU is a, is just like a staple as is like the tattoo, the tattooist, the tattoo yeah. artist and the flower shop owner AU. Like, where did that come from? I don't know, but I'm into it. Like just those, uh, the dichotomy between two people that are, that are different. Maybe it goes back to like, what are the the ship dynamic memes that are going around lately. Yeah. It's just, yeah, you have these, these two people and the way they interact with each other is the same, regardless of if they're in this situation or that situation, or if they're in a high school AU or if they're a university student or, or whatever in space, (laughs) (laughs) some things are universal to their character, which is, you know, that, that to me is one of the big appeals of, of AUs, you know, because a character is a character is a character. They're going to change a little bit depending on where you put them, but they're still going to have the same like feelings and motivations. Um, so it's just fun to put them in different places. I think one of your early episodes, didn't you talk about what it would be like if Snape owned a sex shop? And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although to be fair, um, that wasn't my, that was somebody else's wonderful fanfic that I mm. will link in the description. Um, that was a, a wonderful friend of of mine um, who has a prodigious writing talent. And mm. uh, yeah, Snape. Uh, the the fic is called Snape would be a terrible sex shop owner, and it is. <laughs> it is fantastic yeah. um i actually did some like early podfic recordings for that and that was sort of my introduction to all things podcasty so um it's it was very synergistic for me it has a special place mm-hmm. in my heart so yeah go and read that fic uh, because yeah it means a lot to me and it's just a lot of it's a lot of fun but i think i remember while we're talking about like just you saying in space, sure. wherever it happens to be. I think I remember reading, you know, early on, uh, an AU where Draco goes and is a part of the International Space Station because he's having, like, he's still dealing with a lot of the um, guilt of, um, like, things that happened in the war. But the war was, like, a real war. It wasn't the wizarding war with magic and everything. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a real war with, you know, military things going on and he was involved in in one side of it and anyway he decides that he wants to have a career in space so that he can be away from people to process all you know everything that's going on in his brain mm. and then of course harry ends up working on the space station with him and of course uh, of course and you know mayhem ensues and that was really fantastic as well and i've completely forgotten about that fic until mm. you just mentioned them being in space and then i was like i have a story about this so yeah Yes, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I just, I think it, for me, it's because when you uh, can, when you vibe with a character, you can vibe mm-hmm. with them in any setting. And I love when yeah. someone is creative enough to go, okay, yeah, but what if they met in a coffee shop? But what if they were an astronaut? What if they, mm-hmm. you know, were, uh, you know, what if this was a sort of a Christian Grey situation? I know I've read those as well, <laughs> where where like Draco's Christian yes, Grey yes. and um, Harry comes in as the as the newbie, and like it, it's a it's just a lot. Which of fun. is like meta on top of meta, yeah, like a funhouse mirror of fan fiction begetting fan fiction. Yes, <laughs> isn't it fantastic? It's glorious. I love it. I love it. People are just endlessly bound to see creative and they will write what they want to read. And that's 
Yeah. It's just fun. And I think, like, sometimes life gets really serious. And, like, I, I know that you'll feel this too, but, like, real life can sometimes not be nice. And so it's nice when you're reading fan fiction to be like, yes, I want my escape to be extra escapey today. I want... Yes! Yes! Exactly! <laughs> I want to see them own an ice cream shop together. That would be beautiful. Yes, <laughs> it would. And like, and then then you get to think of like all of the different flavors of ice cream they'd make together, and uh, it's just so just just silly, stupid, wonderful stuff. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So we've talked about everyone lives at use. We yeah. haven't yet talked about um, reversal kind of AUs where Voldemort mm. is good or like. Or Dumbledore is is evil. I know that there are you know things that play about with this, but there's like also fake dating between Dumbledore and Voldemort, which is I have not read that. It, that sounds intriguing. It's so good. It is so so good. I'm gonna have to again. I will. There'll be links. I'm sure. But the, Thank the, it's, there's this one that I read. It's incredible. Um, anyway, I don't want to step on the toes of any authors particularly when i don't know if they want me to share their stuff so um i don't want to shout things out without people's consent because consent is everything and really important in the space but i will just say (laughs) that if you're looking for that that is on ao3 just generally in those search terms i'm sure you'll find good stuff um but yes i love fic where voldemort is good because it turns the whole moral axis of the world on its head and like everything we expect about the world like harry harry's the hero voldemort's the villain and he's like the ultimate dark lord i love those fix where voldemort's just like an ordinary dude trying to live his life mm. and then he's framed for a load of bad stuff that goes down but really he's yeah. like not the mastermind behind it or like one of like I I, re- I think I read a fic once where um, it was Avery or one of the other Death Eaters was really masterminding mm. it all, but they were pinning it on him because they were like, well, he looks like a skeleton who will fit the bill, <laughs> you know? Poor guy. Jeez. You know, so it was it was like, and I, you know, Avery really cut the mustard because that was a very evil thing to do. So, you know, with the context of mm. that fic, it works. Right. It but works. I, also, I just love the idea of, you know, Voldemort pottering around his cottage with a little tea cosy on a table somewhere, you know, just tucking mm-hmm. into a slice of Madeira cake, not a care in the world. And then all of a sudden he's arrested by the Ministry of Magic and he has no idea what's happening. Mm. Um, you know, when it's up to the protagonists to figure out, you know, what the real deal is. I've, I suppose there's overlap there between like that and my love of mystery um Mm -hmm. like detective stuff we'll get on to that later but um, but like uh i was just wondering like do you share my love of like role reversal evil is good good is evil yeah Yeah, it's a fun time or (laughs) like if there's a ton of dark harry fix where he just like embraces his master of deathness and goes off the rails or he decides like you know what i've done so much for everybody else it's time to do me and he he does it deliciously, devilishly. <laughs> nice, nice. Do you know what? When I think of that, I think of um, Dark Willow from Buffy. I like. I I think mm. I think we've maybe talked about Buffy before, um, but you and I have, yeah. But like, I don't know if you if you got that far in the series. But anyway, 
there's a, a point at which Willow decides to embrace the power of her witchiness and that spills over into some very dark corners and she just goes full um, sort of pantomime villain and it's very, very good. She, the, Alison Hannigan is incredible, leans into it, commits to it 100%. I love it mm-hmm. so much. And I feel like a lot of dark Harry fic is inspired by that same sort of sentiment. So a lot of the time mm-hmm. when Harry goes dark or the best dark Harry fics that I've read are all where, mm-hmm. he go- where he doesn't just go dark, but he goes like camp dark. The, it's the, <laughs> the, the best time. It's like he's embracing his inner Draco, you know? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> the dramatic flair with whoosh. <laughs> yes. The world didn't accept me when I was good. Now it'll have to accept me when I'm evil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we didn't even talk about that as like talking about Buffy and Harry Potter and the, we didn't talk about crossover opportunities as a, as a kind of AU. Because that sure. is also like, super fun shortcut for making an AU. Like, oh yeah, it's a dreary, except it's also Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. It's also Jurassic Park in tiny letters. Like, springing the dinosaur onto people at the last minute. Like, there's a lot of vibrating going on in this thing. What's happening? There's like water smashing everywhere. There's a big eye appearing in a bush. Maybe it's just Dobby. No. <laughs> yeah, the, the opportunities are endless. Yes. Yes, they are. And I love them all. I, I love crossover fic. Probably because, and I think we're in a similar boat here, we just mm. love so many different fandoms. I am such a nerd. I'm such a nerd that I love a lot of things. And so when mm. two or more of my things combine to form a new thing, I am very about mm-hmm. that. I've said a lot of thing in that last sentence. <laughs> I'll come. We'll go with it. It's fine. Um, You're fine. <laughs> uh, the- but Harry Potter itself is a huge target for, for other fandoms. Like, oh, it's a Harry Potter AU, where now whatever characters are from that fandom are now at Hogwarts, or now they have magic, or whatever. I love so many different things that... Given the excuse and the time, if I could get away with writing a Harry Potter, Star Trek, X-Files, Fringe, Buffy, you know, giant mega fic where everything crosses into everything else, Sherlock Mm. in there as well, why not? I would. Like, that's the epic I would write because there are so many, so, so many good universes. And, Mm And I don't know if we've talked about this before, but for me, it's possible to crush on a character, but not on the actor that plays them. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. specifically of Game of Thrones here, where, you know, <laughs> like nothing against Kit Harrington, but I just have a massive thing for Jon Snow, but not, but not at all for Kit Harrington. And I'm wondering if it's also possible to love characters from certain crossovers but only in that context because it's like Buffy but she's exposed to magic you know because uh you know maybe she like then discovers what Willow's all about and she's able to like explore that with her if we're shipping Buffy with Willow in this instance for you know for instance Mm. and I Mm -hmm. love that I just I guess 
I love a lot of things and I don't just love Harry Potter. So it's it's a good time for me when worlds collide is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah. So thanks for having this episode where we can discuss it all. As this is a Harry Potter podcast and we're like, no, we're talking about alternate worlds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was we talk about an awful lot in the pod and it was about time that we did AU stuff because we've been doing the pod now for over a year and a half. No. Well, over a year anyway. And mm-hmm. I I said a year and a half because of when we started doing work for the pod, which was way before mm-hmm. we actually released it. That counts. But, um, but yes, the point is we've been doing this a long time and we haven't really touched like crossover or AU. And I know that you're a massive fan. So getting a chance to talk with you about what you love is just mm-hmm. such a good time. Um, and like I... I know that we share just a love of character. And like sometimes, like massive as the Harry Potter world is, there just isn't enough, there aren't enough characters in the universe and you have to bring in your Moriarty's and your Sherlock's Mm -hmm. and your Bilbo Bagginses and your Smeagol's, if you're into that. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Gollum slash Dobby. He deserves his happiness too. Oh no! One one's looking for a ring, one's looking for a sock, and they find it in each other. Sexually? <laughs> well, it depends how far in you're talking about, really, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Oh my god! Oh, we went Sorry there. Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, up until now, I thought the most toxic thing we'd ever suggested was Dobby slash Aragog. But after that, I would gladly no. make that my screensaver. Like... Oh, Jesus. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's... A... I'm sure there's fic out there. There has to be. <laughs> no, do you know what? It's a fun time, mate. And if you want to read that and you want to write that, that is, that is fun. And it gives... Do you know, it gives us something to... Um, chuckle chuckle about as well because it's a good time for everybody like even if it's not something I ship I still think it's it's fundamentally right that that exists just because it makes the space a more expansive place and uh, I you know Dobby deserves love Smeagol deserves love (laughs) that that's a fact of life (laughs) Yeah, and I'm sure we will get into this more at our next episode that you and I are going to do together about crack. <laughs> I can I just say I'm so excited to talk about crack fix. Like I yeah. live for crack fix. Like I love all of the like the serious stuff and the epics and like mm-hmm. you guys know that one of my favorite fanfics of all time is the Sacrifices arc that I still haven't finished. I'm still on book five. Don't murder me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I love it, but I'm not through done with it yet because you know life gets in the way or whatever. But I, but life. what I've read of it, I absolutely love, and it is a beast, and it's it's very very good, but it's also very serious. And on the flip side of that, I suppose what really cemented my love of fic was. Um, a little podcast called Fanatical Fix and Where to Find Them. Uh, it's actually where we met, where Megs and I met as well. We all met through that Discord. And uh, that focuses on a lot of cracky fanfic. Um, 
And so I grew to love Cracky Fanfic. We subsequently discovered more. We like subsequently have gone off and thought about pairings between us on our own yeah. that we would love to see. We've written our own Cracky Fanfic. We have, yes. <laughs> yes, we have. We've read Megs's Cracky Fanfic as well. Or like, mm. no, wait, that wasn't Crack. I was thinking of, um, there's a moment where what was it? Was it that one that we were reading and then Dobby appears and like, he, like somebody hastily orders him to get out of the room and he just like shuffles out of the room with a full tray of drinks and food. <laughs> I, it wasn't crack thick, but it was a very cracky moment and I loved it. Like yeah. Megs's humour yeah. just gets me and I, yeah, I just, I love that. Thanks, Megs. <laughs> you're not here, but you're with us in spirit today, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, we definitely have a lot more to say about crack thick generally. Yeah, it will have to wait. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to have to be the other episode that now I can't wait to do because there's just so much to say. Um, But, you know, I just, I guess one of the reasons I love crossover is because it it pushes the boundaries of what your even your universe can do, what your established Mm. rules can do. If If you're bringing Sherlock into Harry Potter, you can... um, like have him be solving a mystery whether that's someone's murder or whether it's serious or not at all that that's part of the the you know the skill sets and stuff you can tap into and i love that i like when you bring characters in from other franchises you get to love more and love more broadly and i don't know if this is the like ethical non-monogamist in me coming out but I, Mm. i i love a lot of things all at once I just do. Yeah. That's just how I roll. And I think... You and me both, Nathan. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like we both definitely belong to that broad church of like, if it's a character I love, I'm going to write about them. So, for instance, like, I love the character of Dana Scully from X-Files because Gillian Anderson Mm -hmm. can do no wrong. Uh, I've yet to see her act in anything in which she wasn't flawless. But also... Also... um, I may have had a tiny crush on Gillian Anderson growing up. Um, and, <laughs> Valid, Nathan. <laughs> and, and, like, I don't know if it was, like, the hair and the suits, but, it, like, everything worked for me. It was all just so mm. good. Um, and just that that um, withering scepticism where I was, especially growing up, I, was, I had a, a lot of that sort of dewy-eyed optimism about me. Um, and so that... that um, oppositeness of her was just really very attractive and if i could find a way to bring dana scully into the harry potter world i would absolutely absolutely write that fic because she is a tremendous character and Mm -hmm. but while i have you here and you're my captive guest (laughs) i wanted to ask and we can edit this out if you don't have an opinion or whatever. But I wanted to sure. ask you, is there any character from another universe, another fanfic universe or whatever it might happen to be, that you love mm-hmm. that so much that you would want to bring them into a Harry Potter fanfic scenario? Um, I There are characters that I love a ton, um, but I feel like the Harry Potter universe in and of itself is like... I could take it or leave it. I I live about AU, so I don't I don't mind too much if they are or aren't in the Harry Potter universe as a crossover. Sure. Um, but probably like Style Stalinsky has a 
big happy place in my heart <laughs> from Teen Wolf. Nice. He's just uh, he's just lovable. <laughs> so he would definitely he would be fun. He'd be a Slytherin, one hundred percent, and that would be. Mm, yeah. I see. You say, is there one character? Like, I would put anybody in the Harry Potter universe. I would take Jaskier and and Geralt and bring them over to Harry Potter and see. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. No, but that works because we've already established that there's a long held tradition in Harry mm. Potter of sexy, long, blonde hair making excellent <laughs> characters. So Geralt already works. And and Yaskia is a mm-hmm. bard, and uh, like we've we we have things like Wizard Rock in this universe. It could slot in yeah. so easily, so so easily <laughs> and simply. Um, so I am I'm very excited about that. But also like I um, didn't know that I had a thing for Geralt until the bath scene. You know, in the in, yes! in the first season, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I totally see this now." And I don't know whether yeah. it was like the the idea of like I don't know what it is about people being in baths that is so mm. attractive to is me. Is it about seeing all of their skin, Nathan? His rippling muscles <laughs> and his little hairy chest, all of that going on. <laughs> it doesn't make you seem like Hannibal at all. Just seeing all of, <laughs> all of their lovely skin. <laughs> But yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and, and, like, I could see, for instance, a scenario within which... Because we all know Lucius Malfoy is a bit of a narcissist. I could see yeah? Lucius Malfoy and Geralt together. I absolutely could see that working. I cannot. Why? <laughs> Because, because Geralt is like unwooable. He's serious and like, mm, and he's <laughs> Lucius is this campy little like. Oh well, wait. I guess if you if Lucius is being campy and silly in the same way that Yaskier is campy and silly, then that certainly there's room for that. I take it back. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That was where it was going to go, and you took the words out of my yes. mouth. So I'm very, I'm I'm happy Talked that myself we, into that we share one. that wavelength. But like, yeah, um, the, I'll, I'll get into a lot of situations like this where I'm like, hmm, can I justify? bringing Mm. Harry Harry into the Game of Thrones universe. Can I justify bringing Mm. uh, Charles Xavier, for instance, over from the Marvel universe into the Harry Potter universe? I just love, like, because, because we talk all the time. It's in our common parlance about being out of your comfort zone, right? And Mm -hmm. I just want to literally take that one step further and uh, like how would this character respond to a world with magic is is mm-hmm. telepathy just another form of magic expressed in a different way in a different universe yeah. you know yeah <laughs> well isn't that what they say all magic is is just science we haven't figured out yet exactly so yeah <laughs> yes exactly and it's um it, it's just, it gives you so many opportunities to just be like, yeah, I'm going to um, ex- fully explore what magic means to me. And that's why it's so cool. Because when I get to um, talk about characters like Charles Xavier, 
you get mm-hmm. you get things like disability representation. And I know I've talked yes. a little bit about that before with characters like Moody in the franchise, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not really as transparent. It's not really as like obvious that that's necessarily yeah. what the author was going for it's just that 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 character has certain um quirks that make them who they are and then of course it transpires yeah. that uh the person that we think is moody isn't moody all along you know it's Barty mm-hmm. Crouch Jr etc etc but like I love talking f- just from a because it's from a personal perspective I love reading about uh, fanfic characters <clears throat> with disabilities because then yeah. when they get into romantic situations that I'm invested in, I'm like, yeah. I can see myself in it. And I'm like, yeah. this is the great thing about fanfic generally is that you, if, yes. if you, like, we can see ourselves in so many of these people, why would you not bring the universes together? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I've, I've, I, going back to like that's that's what makes it so beautiful when you can make any character you want trans because you want to see yourself or see more representation in the things you consume. I've read some amazing um, fic where instead of making a character dran- trans, they make a character disabled or whatever, and it's and it's beautifully done. And it's like I need more of this. I'm I'm. <laughs> just really glad we have we have this yeah people are people are way too talented really to be doing this for free and to just giving their creative juices to the world thank you for those juices i needed them (laughs) it got very visceral all of a sudden thank you thank you authors i won't quite you know i I don't want to thank you for your skin or juices but i'm I'm grateful (laughs) to you for um exposing your raw talent to the world Mm. Uh, Go in a different way there, Nathan. I see. <laughs> what? What am I doing? Me? I'm a little innocent bystander flower. I couldn't possibly intend to do blonde tendre. Terribly no. uncouth of me. Oh no. Oh dear, I've ventured into smart again. We must alert the church elders. Um Okay. Okay, coming coming back down from okay. planet Nathan for a minute though. Um, is there anything like before we sort of get back into it? Sure. Is there anything else broad brush that we haven't talked about that you wanted to bring up? Um, I think the only the only else other thing would just be mentioning specific like AU's that are popular in Harry Potter ones that we haven't gotten to yet. Like we talked about if Voldemort was good, but there's also like, if Voldemort wasn't there, like, yeah, whatever. Just yeah. don't worry about all the war stuff. We're just people hanging out like that. Or, um, Harry not being raised by the Dursleys yeah. being raised by James and Regulus or being raised by Snape. Let's, <laughs> let's do Which... that. Let's talk about that. Because. <laughs> okay. So I need to know, uh, this isn't my ship. This is my area. Why is Snape raising Harry? called severitis i don't i don't know this is probably a meg's question she would probably know (laughs) i i don't i don't know but i like to think of that snape thinks of harry as um like an extension of himself so it's like Mm. so itis of like 
as a general suffix means an inflammation of something. So Snape's ego oh. is so huge that he's literally conjured a child <laughs> and made him in his own image. That is that is one beautiful way to look at it. <laughs> I do not know if it is accurate, but I I did enjoy hearing about it. No, it's it. not. No, it's definitely not accurate. Like I know nothing. We established this. We need Megs here for this. I there's... Yeah, sorry, Megs. Yeah. Um Maybe, maybe I can just imagine her popping on like super serious. Actually, sir. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a, there'll be a Meg's edit here. There'll be an insert right here to be like editing Meg's here. Actually, what this means? Half an hour break. <laughs> Thanks, Meg's. Yeah, she is. Love you. Um, yes. So, so I don't know why it's called. Uh, it could be, se- yeah. could be severitis. Could be severitious. Depending on how you, but it is popular enough to have its own name. Like they have, they have given it a name. Yeah. So that is a common one. Yeah. Wolf star raising Harry. Also. Oh, that's like, so wholesome. I. We, it is. You know. You know that I love Wolf Star. They belong together. Yeah. They're destined for each other. That's just fact. Mm-hmm. Um, but then them raising Harry together and being all cute about how they, um, like spoil him growing up and all the little toys like him riding around on his little broomstick it's just so wholesome and it is oh and and it adds the sort of cuddly fluffy dimension to fic that i don't get to talk about often enough but i'm really here for Mm. that too like just people getting to love each other wholesomely and in an environment where that never gets tarnished or sullied or or broken mm. is so yeah so important to me to read i don't know what this says about me but i love it it just ma- it makes me blush i get very happy about it i'm just much as i'm here for the smut and we we know that i am ah. i'm also <laughs> just here for the warm cuddly comfy um dom- yeah. domestic happy you know just people getting to be themselves. Yeah. And I especially love the idea of Wolfstar raising Harry because it intimates to me that they're happiest when they discover that their purpose t- together is bringing Harry up and, like, that they're not only united by their love, but by their love of this small child. And that is so yeah. wholesome to me. It is. Well... <laughs> It's exceedingly sweet. <laughs> and you know what? We're allowed to like multitudes. We can enjoy the smut and the fluffy goodness and the angst. Yes. <laughs> Check you channeling Walt Whitman. This is very cerebral for our <laughs> for our usual foray. Like name ch- hashtag Walt Whitman. <laughs> we, we Rick fans, we really do contain multitudes um we do but no that's just fine but like did you did you want to talk about the angst a little bit like do you love to read (laughs) i i sometimes yes sometimes no i i enjoy a happy ending i don't like uh mm, so i like it to be resolved but i one of the things that i enjoy about fan fiction is being able to feel feelings in a safe controlled environment <laughs> so i love reading yes. about like for instance harry's horrible traumatic childhood with the dursleys and feeling all those feelings about like you know what that is awful and i can feel it <laughs> like i think i love to comment on someone's thing like this made me so sad and i wanted to cry and that was exactly what i wanted when i started this fic so thank you <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> 
So just to say that, yes, that that side of me also exists alongside the part that's like just fluffy, happy, wholesome, like, hmm, thank you <laughs> kind of thing. I, I, I enjoy both. So is fanfic, this is going to seem like a wickety wackety idea, but, but bear with me. Can fanfic, do you think, be used as a sort of emotional vaccine? Because you know the way, like, the outside world is terrible, can be terrible, Mm. right? If you experience, like, the ultimate angst or sadness in a fic, and it's in that controlled burn sort of a way, where Mm -hmm. you know you're going to be feeling some sort of a way for the half an hour you read this thing, and that's exactly what you need, is that Mm -hmm. the kind of... Do you think that that imbues the reader with a kind of emotional resilience because it's escapism so that then when you have to go back out to the outside world and you know do your adulty thing you're mm. uh, you're a little bit insulated from that because you're like well no actually I got to experience this thing in this fic I'm reading so it's like it, it's been its own therapy in that kind of way I don't know that seems like a big question and I'm I can only speak for myself. Like for some people, maybe, sure. For me, it's more like a treatment than a vaccine. Like, hey, I'm I'm in my feels and I don't know what to do about my uh, depression, my anxiety, sure. my, you know, whatever, romantic-y feelings. Like, but if I read a fic, it's like a little taking a prescription and being like, okay, I can enjoy my like happily ever after anxiety gets resolved with xyz kind of thing or not or it just but but being able to see that course from a beginning to an end in a fictional setting is like okay we can do this yeah (laughs) or at least just like a shot in the arm of like hey there's some happiness in the world still too you don't need to exactly don't get too broken up yeah and the thing but what makes me optimistic about that is that not only did this uh writer feel this sort of emotional intensity and want to put it down that way, but also mm-hmm. recognise that there was something in it that we could all take from it and feel better as a result. Even if you are reading angst, if that's what you need and mm. what you want to read, then that's yeah. great. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm so grateful to people for, the, like you say, for their prodigious skill and their talent and their time, because not enough yeah. emphasis is put on how long it takes to write these fics. And some people write mm-hmm. epic, epic works of fiction that are longer even yeah. than the books that, you know, yeah. they haven't been paid for because technically it, it exists in somebody else's world. But can I just say the quality of the writing is exceptional it is phenomenal yeah. and I, like i'm just i'm just so grateful that, that moments like that exist i mean because yeah they, they help us all feel better and, I, and like you you mentioned the community earlier if anything is going to galvanize community spirit like that it's going to be that emotional intensity of like oh yeah have you read this fic it made me feel this kind yes. of way yes you know that's exactly right that kind of community building happens all the time like in the discord spaces that i'm a part of like we just all we all connect over squealing or flailing about this one thing that's happening in this one thing (laughs) and it's it's just love i just yeah love letter to fandom (laughs) i there there are definitely not great parts about fandom but there is a heck of a lot of good to be found there too yeah and i feel like the not great parts about fandom you could say that about the not great parts about any element of life yep. there's, there's always going to be yep. a very very tiny proportion of 
people that don't vibe, don't gel, and don't yeah. want to. And yeah. um, that that's unfortunate. But the mm-hmm. vast majority, the vast number of, of people seem to want to actually create to make the space a better place. To be like, how can I, mm. like... You know, even if it's a cracky fic, even if it's a thing that they like, they've gone into it thinking, "I'm going to leave this space better now for having put this idea into it." <laughs> and like, I, I, I just love that so much. Like, one of the tropes that I absolutely adore is the detective fiction. That and like, as this extends into Harry Potter, like the. Aura pairings that Harry or whoever it is mm. gets put on the same aura beat with, and they end up, you know, solving mysteries, solving clues. I I love that dynamic because to me, if you strip away the magic from Harry Potter, what you're left with really is a series of mystery novels, and we forget that mm. because we've read them all so many times that we know what happens. We like now we know what the mystery is, but as I was reading them as a child and growing up or whatever, you don't know. Uh, what's on the back of Quirrell's head? You you know you don't know what the um, polyjuice potion is going to do. You know you, mm. you you don't know if like all of these things. They're all elements of mystery. And so to me, like when people do that detective fiction, it's why Sherlock crossover works so well with that. By the way, it's because it just shares so much of the same space. Where mm-hmm. there's just like I love mystery and I love anybody that can think to themselves ahead of time of where they want the reader to end up and then reverse engineer their narrative to be like here are all the clues i need to lay out here's the things they need to discover here's the location they need to be in and the angle they need to see stuff out for this to happen exactly there's a there's a science and an exactitude behind it and a level of meticulousness that i have Mm -hmm. read in some of your fix that is just or inspiringly brilliant and i love it and i just well i just love detective fiction in general and i actually think that some of the people that have written like mystery fix need to be being paid for their incredible writing because it's oh it's so so good yeah i'm not i'm not smart enough to put all those pieces on the puzzle together and and make that happen. okay well we're going to we're going to agree to disagree there because like we both know that you're (laughs) incredibly smart and you could absolutely do it but but like okay that was not me fishing but thank you (laughs) no no of course you weren't fishing but i still think the listeners deserve to know what a powerhouse you are and i was almost going to swear there and i stopped myself (laughs) nice nice little okay i I was because i felt so emphatically about your abilities and talent and skill that i was a little swear word almost slipped out Just <laughs> swallow that right back down and pretend that it never happened. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Nathan. <laughs> Swear word or no. <laughs> uh, well, I am I am I feel very passionately about the like the fandom generally, but I feel like a lot of my enthusiasm for the fandom and mm-hmm. its place in my heart is filtered through our friendship. So getting to do this with you today and Mm -hmm. talk about this in all its weird and wonderful glory has been an absolute treat. And I'm so (laughs) grateful to you, my friend, for sharing the time and the space with me through all my random tangents and (laughs) never-ending 
weirdly spacey moments that I'm just... Oh, like, you're good. Just the spirit of Luna Lovegood is invoked through me and I just wander off into the atmosphere. <laughs> but but yes, I thank you for, for loving and appreciating me. Uh, thank you, listeners, yeah. for putting up with a very interesting hour and a half. Probably won't be an hour and a half by the time this is edited down. But, um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed getting to talk about other things that relate to Harry Potter but aren't necessarily always mm-hmm. directly connected. And the fact that we, you know, love so many fandoms, it, I, there should be space for more of that as well. So I'm so delighted beyond measure to be have talked about that today and to have done it with you, who I know is also just as equally as passionate about that as I am. And mm-hmm. I'm just... It's, it was just such a golden time and opportunity and thank you so so much and i already can't wait for our crack ship episode it's got to be yes. great <laughs> it it is I just, <laughs> sorry i didn't mean that to sound so devious but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was just like can't wait for crack ships and you were like it's gonna be wonderful everyone crack is a blessing <laughs> it is fee has ideas this is what this means <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it yeah <laughs> oh i can't anyway. wait it's gonna be epic um i suppose uh, we'd better leave it there for today but we uh, yeah. we never have a sign off we never there's, there's always like an awkward bye and that's all we we ever manage on this pod so i don't i don't see that we have to do anything um, particularly significant because our listeners know and love the Care of Magical Shippers brand by now. You know our socials. Reach out to us there. Um, if there are any other thoughts and you want to send them to me, you can do them by Carrier Pigeon, I guess, or um, Smoke Signals are a good one. Um, I'm in Northern Ireland. They might take a while to get to me, but depending on where in the world you are. But you know what? I'm here for them and I love you and uh, your thoughts are valid and I want you to feel seen and heard and loved. <laughs> oh, just a little bonus little head pat. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, listeners. Yes. Well, obviously to you as well, but you know, w- uh, <laughs> there's more. To I always th- need head There's pet. more to say, but we can say it in private. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Sorry, I have a dirty mouth. (laughs) Okay, I love you, Nathan. Bye! Bye!